It's not church unless he's here. Come on, somebody. It's a concert unless he's here. It's a club unless he's here. It's programs unless he's here. But when he's in the room, anything is possible. spirit of expectancy I want to jump right into the word expedite time today but I I know God has a word for me to share with you today I want you to hear this word Ecclesiastes chapter 7 Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 8 Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Say not thou what is the cause that the former days were better than these. For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. The New Living Translation says it like this. Finishing. Somebody say finishing. Is better than starting. (laughs) Come on, I want you to say that with me. Finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. Control your temper for anger labels you as a fool. Notice verse 10. Don't long for the good old days. That is not wise. Why? Because if you long for the good old days and you serve a God that declines and depletes and disintegrates, But the reason we don't long for the good old days is because the longer we live, the better He gets. The more we serve Him, the more He supersedes anything we have ever experienced. I want to minister just for a few minutes this morning on this subject. Finishing strong. Finishing strong. I don't want anybody to limp into the new year. I don't want anybody to be dragged across the finish line into the new year. There's no reason you have to go into 24 bedraggled, discouraged, defeated, demoralized. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you've experienced, no matter what you had to come through, walk around, or defeat in this year, you can finish strong. Tell your neighbor before you're seated, I want you to finish strong. Mexico City is a world away from the East African country of Tanzania, where Stephen Aquari lived. But that's exactly where he found himself in October 1968 
representing his country in the Summer Olympic Games as a marathon runner. Unfortunately, Awakari suffered a fall during the race, and it wasn't a gentle tumble. It wasn't like he just fell over on a grassy knoll. No, he fell hard on the rough concrete, badly cutting his right leg and dislocating his knee. Medical personnel arrived quickly, and they bandaged his wounds. But the dislocated knee required more treatment than they were prepared for in the street. He needed to go to the hospital. Yet against their advice, Araquari instead stood up and started off down the road behind the rest of the runners. Given the severity of his injuries, he couldn't run his normal pace with the combination of jogging and hobbling and walking now He pushed ahead. At two hours and 20 minutes into the race, Mama Waldi of Ethiopia crossed the finish line in first place. Most of the remaining competitors finished within a few minutes, yet Alaquari was nowhere close. An hour later, the Olympic Stadium had only a few thousand people left in it. The marathon was the last event of the day, and the sun had already set. Mexico City was brutal on marathon runners. At over 7,400 feet in altitude, the air has 23% less oxygen than at sea level. And as a result, 17 of the 74 runners failed to finish the race that day. And yet our quarry, bloodied and injured, was determined to not be one of them. Followed by a police escort and clearly in great pain, he finally arrived and limped his way onto the track, loosening his bandages as they dangled along the way. As the diminished crowd cheered in awe and disbelief, John Stephen Alaquari made his way around the track and crossed the finish line at three hours and 25 minutes in last place. The few remaining reporters rushed onto the field to ask him why he had continued running in his condition. What he said has been spoken for years afterwards and will continue to be recited for a long time. He said, my country didn't send me 5,000 miles to start this race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish it. Despite coming in last place, it was the picture of this man that was in the paper the next day. No one can remember who won the race. No one can remember who crossed the finish line first. Nobody remembers the name of the man that was the first to cross the finish line. But I can tell you everyone remembers the man that said, I didn't come 5,000 miles to start a race. I came 5,000 miles to finish a race. I've come to tell somebody today, legacies are not built on starters. Generational blessings and ministries 
and anointings are not started with just starters. I want to tell you people that change their family, people that change their situation, people that change their communities, they are finishers. I believe it's the will of God today not for you just to start something in 24, but long before you start something, I want you to finish something today. I want you to finish strong. I want the word of God to challenge you and to strengthen you and to minister to you in such a way that you would finish and you would complete that which God has started in you. Tell your neighbor, I want to be a finisher. Why? Because finishers leave legacies. Finishers are remembered. Those that will ultimately cross the great finish line of this life are finishers. Paul alludes to this in Hebrews 12 and 1, Wherefore, seeing we are so compassed with a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so doth easily beset us, and let us run the race with patience, he says. That is set before us. No prize is handed out at the starting line. When we get to the other side, Brothers and sisters, we are not waiting to hear well started or even well run. The two words we all hope to hear is well done, well completed, well finished, not well perfected, not well got it all right. Not well every day was great, but well done, well completed, well keep going on, well not giving up, well not throwing in the towel, well done is what I want to hear. How you finish is everything. During Solomon's fourth year as king, the construction of the temple of the Lord began. And what a project it was. The temple was 90 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Tens of thousands of people were involved in this seven-year project. He used 4,000 tons of pure gold. 40,000 tons of silver. The value of this gold and silver would be valued today at $60 billion. Not counting the bronze, the iron, the precious stones, the cedar wood, and the labor. Just to compare, the construction of Solomon's temple and the cost of it would be somewhere around $100 billion. Just to give you an idea, the Freedom Tower at the World Trade Center was completed at a cost of $2 billion. Solomon did great things for God. Solomon wrote good books. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. And yet, brothers and sisters, Solomon did not finish strong. 1 Kings chapter 11 and verse 9, And the Lord was angry with Solomon. Because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him 
thrice. He commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore, the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and I will give it to thy servant. Despite all he did, despite some of the things he's known for, Solomon did not end well. King Saul, Noah's son, the high priest Eli, they all started out strong, but they did not finish strong. The fact is, brothers and sisters, good men and women, godly men and women, faithful men and women, men like Solomon, the ten spies, Saul, Gideon, Samson, many of them started out well, but not all of them finished well. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13 in the NIV says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, <laughs> forgetting what is behind me, and I like this, straining toward what is ahead. I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I want to finish strong. Paul would have told you, I'm not proud of it all. I'm not telling you every day's been great. I'm not telling you every day's been a highlight reel. I'm not proud of Saul before I became Paul. I'm not proud of the torture and the persecution of Christians, the mistakes. It hasn't all been good. But what he was saying here in Philippians, it may not have all been good, but I promise you it's going to end good. I'm making the determination right now that I will finish strong. I'm going to forget the things that are behind me. I'm going to strain. I'm going to reach. I'm going to press for what is ahead of me because I want to finish strong. I wonder if there is anyone here today on this last Sunday of the year that would say, Pastor, as I stand here and think about 2023, it's not all been good. <laughs> In fact, maybe not much of it at all has been good. I've made some mistakes. I've come up short. I wanted to do better. I started better, but I lost steam. I got distracted. I had good intentions, but somewhere along the way, I got pulled back. I got pulled back into the mire. I got pulled back into the monotony. I got pulled back into the mundane, the uninspired, going through the motions and doing what I told myself I would not do again. I did. But let pastor challenge you today that despite all of that, <laughs> if everything I just said, every word of it describes you, would you believe today you can finish strong? <laughs> 
Can I tell you today, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, that in one moment, in the transforming power of God's presence, He can rip up 23 and give you an end that you can be proud of? He can let you finish in such a way you can walk out of this building not dejected, not with your hands down, not defeated, but you can walk out of this sanctuary rejoicing in the victory. They can say, I thought you'd been through a tough time. Yes, I did. I thought you had a tough year. Yes, I did. But can I tell you, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. I want somebody to finish strong today the chapter of this year is not over we have not closed it out it's not over we are just about 12 hours away from the closing of this year and somehow by the mercies of God you are sitting on a Pentecostal pew today in the awesome presence of almighty God and he's going to allow you to finish it the way you want to finish it Don't tell me God ain't good. He has put the pen with the eternal ink in your hand today. And he says, I know what happened in January and March and April and February and December. But I'm putting the pen in your hand today. I'm allowing you to write the final chapter of 2023. It's up to you if you want to be defeated. It's up to you if you want to walk out of this year depressed. Or you can pick up the pen and say, devil, you you're not going to have the last say. I'm going to be victorious. I'm going to have joy. I'm going to have peace. I'm going to be looking upward for my hell. Tell your neighbor, it's up to you. I want to finish strong. I want to finish strong. I ain't going to let the devil have the last say. I've been through too much. I've walked too far. I've been through too many valleys. I've had too many long nights to let this year close out and me not finish the way I want to finish. I'm going out with my hands up. I'm going out swinging. I'm going out praising. I'm going out believing God. I'm closing this chapter out. Hey, this book may not have all been good. There's been some chapters I didn't like. There's been some lines and some plots and some stories. I'm not proud of but thank God I get to write the last chapter thank God I get to finish this story I'm in the presence of God and with him all things are possible I will finish strong I want to finish strong it is not the will of God that you exit this year Mumbling and shaking your head and depressed and despondent. When there's an empty tomb. When the Holy Ghost is still available. While the blood is still flowing. The trumpet has not sounded. He's still performing miracles. He's still changing lives. He's still doing the impossible. You don't have to leave this year discouraged when he's still performing miracles. But listen to pastor, in order to ensure a strong finish, here are a few things we must do. 
There's a few things you got to check off your list before you walk out of this year. In order to ensure a strong finish, number one, you got to admit that you have not yet arrived. <laughs> Ooh, pastor, I ain't there yet. In fact, I don't even see the finish line. If you only knew what a miracle it was for me to be in church today. Stephen Tanzaniac, he couldn't have said, you know what? Look at me, I'm killing it. No, he had to look around saying, I'm an hour behind. I am not there yet. You have to first recognize and you have to understand and know that there is work to be done. This year has been far from perfect. There's been grief and pain and disappointment. There's no need to deny all of that. Every battle has not been won. Be brutally honest and be honest with yourself to personally assess and say, I understand where I am at right now. I don't want to pretend it's better than it is. I don't want to lie to myself about where I am versus where I'd hope to be. Newsflash. They're not bringing the finish line to you. Come on, somebody. You can sit there and pout and cry all you want to. Ain't nobody bringing the finish line to you. You got to make up in your mind, if I sit right here, I will not finish. If I stay in my current situation, and I stay here, and I feel sorry for myself, and I'm apathetic, and I blame everybody, and I blame everything, I'll sit right here, and I will not finish strong. I have to get up and understand that where I am at is not where I want to be. I'm not happy with where I'm at. I'm not pleased with where I'm at. I should be doing better. I could be doing better. And I am, before the end of this service is over, will be doing better. But i got to understand, i got work to do. Believe it or not, that does not put you in the minority in a church. This is what the devil wants you to think. If you're in church and there's work to be done and you got problems and you're messed up, and I mean you, you got all kinds of problems in your life and you got drama and hang-ups, he wants to make you feel like you're the minority. And all the rest of these people, they got it together. Man, they have blown through 2023 whistling Dixie, pulling checks out of the mailbox, feeling 20 years younger than they are. Everybody loving them, getting promotions, buying cars, having the greatest year of their life. And you, you, you've had it worse than anybody. People are like, the devil told you that too, Pastor? How can everybody have it the worst? Somebody's got to be the worst. Can I tell you, with problems and hang-ups and disappointments and grief and, and pain of 2023, that does not put you in the minority. Welcome to the club. You know what? It's okay to not be okay. Isn't that a relief? Isn't it a relief to come to church and say, it's okay to not be okay, I'm messed up. In fact, you've got to understand that before we can get you to the next step. Before you can finish strong, you got to understand there's a lot of work to be done. But thank God, God can do in about five seconds in His presence uh, what some rehabilitation program, some 12-step program, some six-month program would take. Uh, God, in an instant, uh, in the power of His presence, uh, can help you finish strong. In fact, Paul said, 
This is a faithful saying worthy of all expectation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. You know why he was able to say I forget things that are behind me and I reach forward to the things that are before me because he knew where he was at. Number two, in order for you to finish strong, you do not hold on to the past. Listen to me, you can't hold on to the past and finish strong. Make up in your mind right now. If you want to live in 24 and have a better year and a brighter future, you want to relive 2023. Put that old broken down, heart broke tape on and listen to it over and over and over again and on repeat and rewind and hold on to the past all you want to. But as for me, I'm forgetting those things which are behind and I am reaching and I am pressing for that which is in front of me. You cannot finish strong as long as you are holding on to the past. The worst thing you can do is turn around and retravel roads you've already traversed. Relive battles you've already fought. Nothing is more tragic than to let the enemy defeat you twice for the same thing. You know what, devil? You didn't beat me up enough in 23. Let's just go through that again. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but when you sit there and worry about 2023 and relive the past and rehash it and overthink it and contemplate it and grieve over it and ponder over it and get mad about it and get upset about it all over again, you're just letting the devil beat you up twice in the same battle. No, it may not have been what you wanted. It may not have turned out the way you had hoped. The circumstance may not have ended well. The year was not full of skipping through the daisies. But look around. You made it. <laughs> you made it. Brother Leitner, it wasn't a year of skipping through the daisies, brother. But as we sat here on the last Sunday of the year, there's a lot of people that are not here. But you made it. There's a lot of people that can't say what I'm about to say. I made it. There's a lot of people that don't have this testimony. There's a lot of people that are not able to say this. But thank God, despite all the heartache, all the pain, all the grief, all the disappointment, I'm here. So why in the world would you turn around and travel back down that road again? Before we open the door of 2024, there were a few doors in 2023 that you need to slam shut. The door of negative mindsets and defeated mentalities, you need to slam that door. The negativity that has plagued you all year long, you sitting around expecting the worst, and when it happens, you say, well, I ain't surprised, that's just my luck. You need to slam the door on that. And walk into the new year expecting God to do something good. I'm tired of expecting bad. I'm tired of looking forward to things that's not good. I'm slamming the door on negative mindsets and defeated mentalities. I'm looking up for my help. I'm expecting good things. I'm walking out of the prayer room waiting on God to operate, intervene in my life. The door of negative mindsets and defeated mentalities. Don't walk back into that headspace. 
Slam the door on that. Don't relive. Don't revisit. Don't hang out in that emotional environment. Slam the door on it today. Slam the door on habits and hang-ups and hurts that you lived through in 2023. It wasn't easy. It wasn't all good. There were some difficult seasons. Somebody say amen. amen. I think that deserved two amen. Say amen. amen. <laughs> well, don't get too excited now. But you know what? You're right here at the very end of this year. Please don't turn around and rerun last year. Don't do that. God has got something ahead of you. Slam the door on regret. You can't change the past. You can't go back in time. You can't undo what has been done. Slam the door on regret and finish strong. Don't live 2024 in regret. For some of you, that may sound odd, but I'm telling you, I counsel people all of the time, and when I get down to the heart of their present problem, it's a problem that was 20 years ago. And they just relive it every single day. But pastor, you don't know. You're right, I don't. But I know it's been a long time, and God has got better things in front of you. Oh, it was so terrible. I don't deny that for a moment. But can I tell you, you need to slam the door on that. Nobody's denying the hurt. Nobody's denying the pain. We're just trying to get you to look ahead. We're just trying to get you to focus on what's ahead of you, the future. Because as long as you are hanging on to the past and reliving that, you cannot hang on to the past and reach for the future at the same time. There'll be two people that walk out of this service today, those that are still hanging on to the past and those that are reaching for the future. You make up in your mind what you want to be. It is up to you. Slam the door on revenge. You listen to pastor today. Quit trying to get even. Quit trying to get back. Quit trying to settle the score. You're wasting your energy. You're wasting your time. As long as you spend next year trying to get even, trying to get back, trying to settle the score, your life will be in a constant cycle and you will die an old, miserable, upset, mad at the world, old man and old woman. Or you can make up in your mind, you know what? I'm going to leave it up to God. I'll let God take care of it. I'll let God fight my battles. I can't control that. I can't control what they do, what they say, how they act, what they say behind my back uh, what they tell other people uh, I can't control that uh, I'm not trying to get even I'm not trying to get back uh, I'm trying to get closer to God I want to finish strong slam the door on resentment somebody say resentment let the past be just that the past flip the page on the calendar what has been done is done shut the door what has been said is said. Now move on. The older I get, the more this is a revelation. Life is too short. Life is too precious. Let it go. If I could pass one thing on to my kids outside of the apostolic doctrine, life is too short. Life is too precious. Let it go. <laughs> because when I let go of some things, it opens my hand to other things. 
<laughs> when I release the past and resentment and regret and revenge, when I let go of all of that, I don't entertain those thoughts. I don't live in that headspace. I don't maul all the things that was done to me in my mind all of the time. It releases me to grab a hold of the future. There are many of you here today, you look around at people that are blessed and they had a great year and you see good things happen in their life and their family is perfect or it looks like it to you and all of that seems to be. And you think, man, if they had been through what I've been through. No, they've probably been through more than what you've been through, but they've learned to understand the principle. Life is too precious. Life is too short. And I'm going to let it go because there's something ahead of me. Number three, focus on your goal. Focus on your goal. Every ounce of emotional energy you spend on the past is energy that is taken away from your future. How many understand and know that we only got so much emotional energy we can give? I'm one of these people, I love people, I love being around people, but I, I do have a limit. And when I'm around people for a long time, I need to go home, shut the door, and just sit there alone by myself. So I'm not weird, thank God. I used to feel guilty about that. I used to like, man, I, God, I do love people. But they do get on your nerves sometimes, right? Like, and then I started reading about the times where Jesus would retreat off by himself. <laughs> yeah, and go to a mountain to pray, Lord, I got to. And I understand that. Because I've only had so much emotional energy. And when I spend all of my energy, emotional energy on the past, I have none for the future. Imagine if you were to leave church today and you were leaving church and you were heading to board a cruise for a tropical vacation. I might get some people behind me now, boy. People ready to preach, 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 preach. Or some of you, that doesn't sound good. The, others are, the other half of you are like, I'll take a mountain getaway. Yeah. But imagine if you were leaving church today and that's where you were headed. But before you got into your car to head off to your desired destination, you'd crawl up underneath your car and punch a hole in your gas tank. And as you're pulling out of the parking lot, Everyone sees gas pouring out from underneath your car. How far do you think you could go? Each of us only have so much emotional fuel. And when you spend all of your time reliving bad things that happened to you in the past year or past years, what you have done is punched a hole in your gas tank, ensuring that 24 will be a repeat of 23, 22, 20, or 20 years ago. But when you make up in your mind, I'm not sabotaging what God has for me in the new year by draining all of my emotional, spiritual energy on things that happened to me. I'm not focusing on that. I'm not thinking about that. I'm not reliving that. I'm not talking about that. Some of you got to quit talking it over. Come on, somebody. 
There are people I know right now that every time I get into a conversation past 10 minutes, it's always going to be about and go back to something that happened to them 20 years ago. I know it was traumatic. I know it was tough. But don't you understand, as long as you are reliving that and talking about it 24-7 and living in that space, you are driving around with a gas tank that has a hole in it. It's time to make up in your mind. I'm focusing on what's ahead. I'm looking to toward God. I'm looking at what is ahead of me and the things that God wants to give me. Focus on your goal. I've got a family to lead. I've got a crown to wear. I've got a prize to obtain. I've got a savior to see. You know what I, I am sure about will happen in heaven? is we'll get there and look back on some of the petty stuff that we let derail us down here and think, my Lord, I wasted so much time on stupid stuff. I worried about the dumbest stuff, and now here I am. I got a crown on my head. I'm dancing on streets of gold. My children are here. My church family is here. I'm here with all those that I love. I'm worshiping a Savior. The Lamb is over there laying down by the lion. I'm on streets of gold, walls of jasper, gates of pearl. I'm seeing all of this. Why in the world was I worried about that petty mess that was going on down there? Who was saying what and when they said it and who said what about me and what was going on? You think that's going to matter when you get on the other side? Honey, you need to focus on the goal. Keep your eye on the prize. Understand and realize, hey, I can't be caught up in the trivial. I can't be distracted by the mundane and the mediocre. I've got to focus on my goal. So if you're going to finish strong, you better focus on your goal. And last but not least, if you're going to finish strong, don't quit. Come on, somebody say, don't quit. (laughs) Yes, the race has been long. Yes, the road has had many twists and turns and unexpected detours. But the race is not over. You can still finish strong. You ever watch that movie that you couldn't stay awake for and then the very last it had that plot twist that just knocked you out of the... Man. And you walked away saying, man, that was a good movie. You know why? Because you remember how you finish. You remember the conclusion. Don't quit. This thing ain't over. Look at your calendar. You still got a little time. <laughs> I know it ain't all been great. I know everything that's happened in this year, whether it's happened to you or you did it to yourself or mistakes you made or things people done to you or things that were out of your control. I know there was a lot of that that was not good. But you know what? It can end good. (laughs) Joseph said there's been a lot of things that's happened to me that were not good. But I am going to determine how this thing ends. I'm not going to try to get revenge on my brothers. I'm not going to resent my brothers. I'm not going to get mad at God because I was sold into slavery, put into a prison, and lied about. I'm going to make sure that what the devil meant for evil... Meant for good, I'm going to write the end of this story. I'm going to be the one who determines how this thing ends. Brothers and sisters, don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Don't walk away when God is saying you can finish strong. What better example of this 
can be found as I prepare to close then in Judges chapter 16. Mm. Judges 16 verse 23. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God and to rejoice for they said our God hath delivered Samson our enemy into our hand and when the people saw him they praised their God for they said our God hath delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country which slew many of us these false gods these pagan worshipers boy they were they were throwing a celebratory party we've won <laughs> look what has happened to the great warrior Samson and there are many people here today the devil he's throwing a party about what he did to you in 2023 <laughs> He's been bragging about all of the pain and sickness and hurt and disappointment you had to endure in this past year. And no doubt, like the Philistines, he's been rejoicing as the year closes out. Samson had become bulletin board material for the heathens. They rejoiced in his failure. They rejoiced in his calamity. But notice what verse 25 says. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry. They said, call for Samson that he may make us sport. And they called Samson out of the prison house. And he made them sport. And they set him between the pillars. Think about this. Samson is beaten. He's broken. He has been hot-tempered and rebellious in much of his life, but now he's pacified. He's dejected. And now he stands before the Philistines bound and blind. A washed-up warrior only there to entertain them. You're talking about a man that would rip lines apart with his bare hands. A man that would pick up the gates of an entire city and walk off. A man that would defeat thousands of Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. And now here he is grinding at a meal working for the enemy and if that's not bad enough they gouged his eyes out put him in an arena and made fun of him I'm preaching to people that in the past you had a great relationship with God you walked in the spirit you prayed you read your Bible you witnessed to people you were used of God you had a ministry you were impacting and influencing people. But now, now, you have no more vision. 
you're just working to get by you're just grinding at the meal day by day paying the bills going through the motions and if that's not bad enough the devil's been toying with you like a cat and a mouse how many have ever felt like you were pawns in the hands of the devil I know I have my emotions toyed with my peace been like a rattler in the hands of a child. My health has been a constant source of stress, Pastor. I felt like Job, an object for the devil to entertain himself. Like Samson, I'm preaching to people today. They have felt bound. No freedom to worship. Bound by anxiety and sadness and grief. And yet there was a time they had a great relationship with God and lived victorious. And maybe as I've already alluded to, the worst calamity was that Samson had his eyes gouged out. A warrior with no eyesight is harmless as a lamb. Samson had no vision, no hope for the future, no hope for a better day. And for many here this morning, the reason you can't get excited about 2024 is you find no hope for the future. Your vision has been robbed. Your spiritual eyes have been gouged out. You haven't even had the energy to think about the new year. Pastor, are you kidding me? I'm just trying to survive out here. I'm just grinding at the meal. I'm just hoping I can make it another day. Survival is all that matters now. But then verse 26 says, And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me, that I may feel the pillars. Whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. And yet all that despair, all that Samson had been through, God seen fit for the hand of a young boy to slip into the massive hand of this once great warrior. A child standing next to Samson to remind him that he was not alone. To remind Samson that despite all that he had been through and despite all that he had to endure, I promise you he had had a tough year or two. Blind, working at the mill, pushing that stone around, grinding that wheat. And yet here he was in the twilight of his life, a once great former warrior. And he told that young boy, he said, lead me to the pillars of this house. <laughs> because he said, you know what? I'm going to finish strong. I will determine how this thing ends. Philistine, you're not going to tell me how this story ends. You're not going to be the one who determines how I close this out. 
You may have taken my eyes out. And by my own mistakes and things I have done, I may be not where I wanted to be. I may not be happy with where I'm at. I may have had a tough year. But I can tell you one thing Samson said. I will be the one who determines how this thing ends. And the reality of it is, verse 27 says, Now the house was full of men and women. And all the lords of the Philistines was there. And there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson was made sport. What was happening? God was setting up Samson to finish strong. And God has set you up on this Sunday morning to finish strong too. You may feel like Samson. I used to be stronger than I am. I'm not necessarily happy with all I've had to go through. I'm not necessarily pleased with everything I've had to endure. But brothers and sisters, God loves you enough to set you in a place this morning of divine opportunity. Not in a place of defeat. Not in a place of discouragement or despondency. God has strategically placed you on the pew that you are sitting on so that you can write the story and you can determine how this ends. And so Samson, he wrapped his hands around those pillars. And he said, I will determine how this thing ends. But I want to note you, I want you to notice today what Samson had to do because it's what you got to do. Verse 28, and Samson called unto the Lord. You can't do it on your own. And said, oh Lord, God, remember me. I pray thee, strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which the house stood and on it which was borne up of the one with his right hand and the other with his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all of his might and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people wherein and this is the finish so the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life man you're talking about going out with the bang can you imagine the last Sunday, Brother Austin, being the best Sunday of the whole year? Can you imagine the last page of the book being the greatest page of the whole book? With all you've been through, with all you've endured, with all you've walked through, with all you've carried, with all the pain and the hurt and the tragedy? Can you imagine, Samson, that God would give you the opportunity in the very last chapter to finish strong? 
brothers and sisters let pastor tell you something I know it's been tough I know you've walked a hard road I love you I know what's going on in your life as I look across this congregation my heart breaks for what some of you have been through my heart breaks for what I've seen you have to endure the tears that you've shed the tragedy the crisis the long nights so many of you have borne but would you listen to pastor today God has strategically placed you at a position this morning where you can finish strong I want you to wrap your hands around those pillars today I want you to call out to God and say God despite all I've gone through despite all I've endured despite all that I've seen I want to finish strong stand with me heads bowed and eyes closed it's up to you I can preach it we can sing about it but the reality of it is many will start fast few will finish strong the Holy Ghost can draw the word can be preached God could have positioned Samson right where he was at. You're in a perfect place. Imagine, Brother White, that God would position Samson on the two load-bearing pillars that held up the entire place. You think that was accident? You think that was a coincidence? No! God divinely orchestrated Samson so that he could finish in a way that his ending would be far better than he had had the entire life. Did you know God can do something for you on this Sunday in the next few minutes that would be better than anything you have experienced cumulatively through the entire year? Did you know you could have been praying for something, for God to do something all year long and in the last chapter and in the final Sunday, God could grant it? I pray today that before you walk out of here, you finish strong. Our worship leaders are going to begin to sing a song of invitation. I'm inviting anyone that says, Pastor, I want to finish this year strong. I've been through a few things. I've endured a few things, but I'm not going to let the devil have the final say. I'm not going to let the devil write the last chapter. I refuse to allow my circumstances to dictate how this thing ends. Come on, that's it. Take the pen in your hand and you write how this thing ends. I'm going to walk out of here victorious. I'm going to walk out of here still trusting God. I'm going to walk out of here still believing that God is good and God is worthy. You won't relent till it's complete. Holy Ghost, challenge somebody right now. Holy Ghost, strengthen somebody will surely come to pass can you still believe god for good things and i believe you're moving can you still believe that god and can perform the miracles